Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the Word. God bless you. I'm so excited to bring the Word of God to you this morning. And as I was praying this morning, I was praying that we would all have ears to hear and um, that we would have eyes to see. And Jesus um, actually talked about this a lot in Matthew 13. He spoke a lot in parables all throughout his ministry here on earth before he went to the cross. But he said um, to the disciples, whoever has ears, let them hear. And I know for me, there's been so many things about the Word of God and about being planted in this church where I realized that I actually didn't have the ears to hear until I got planted in a house that was alive, that was fresh, real, and powerful. And even though I had read a verse or heard a verse many times over decades, I didn't actually hear and I am believing and prophesying that today there's going to be many of you that for the very first time have the ears to hear what God is wanting to say to us this morning as a church family. So I am going to be preaching on the gospel, which is the good news. Um, but I have to admit that it wasn't until the last few years that I really had a grasp on what the gospel actually is. So the gospel is the good news. But I always thought that the good news was salvation. And that was the crux of what Jesus came to do. And it's not that he didn't do that. He definitely came so that we could step into salvation and receive salvation and be restored. But there's so much more. And the main goal of Jesus' ministry was so much more than just bringing salvation. And I grew up in a church that kind of stopped, like the, the end goal was salvation. But the more I read the Bible, the more I study the Word, the more I walk with Jesus and have a fully um, surrendered life to the kingdom, I'm realizing more and more that this is so much more good news than what I had initially heard. So the title of my message today is On Earth As It Is In Heaven. And I picked this title because this is the fruit and the harvest of the good news while we are here on earth, when we fully understand what it looks like to be a part of the kingdom. And if you're like me, or maybe this is your first time in church, maybe you're just getting your feet wet after COVID, maybe I don't know your story. I know a lot of your stories, but I don't know all of your stories, but this is what I do know, that God knows your story. And he has so much for you, so much beyond you raising your hand and saying a sinner's prayer. And that's what I want to share with you guys. And we're going to kind of go on a journey and look at what the word of God says when it comes to the kingdom of God. So my first point is this, the gospel preaches kingdom, not religion. The gospel preaches kingdom, not religion. So Matthew 24, 14 says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all of the world for a witness unto all nations. Kingdom is not religion. This was radical for me, you guys. Like I literally, Stacy tells this story. When we first moved here from Texas 10 years ago, we stumbled into our church because of 
a random connection through another connection. Like we knew one person and that one person knew somebody that went to our church. And so we came in pretty beat up from just being newlyweds and moving to a new city. And I remember um, Pastor Stacy was one of the first people that I met. And we went on this walk in Del Mar and I was like, yeah, you know, just a little bit about me. I'm really religious, like gloating about it. <laughs> and she was like, okay, well, we have a lot to unpack here. And ever since then, I've been on a journey of unlearning what the devil wants me wanted me to think that Christianity and the gospel was and experiencing the Holy Spirit and all that he has through the gospel of the kingdom of God. So Matthew 6, 7 through 10, I want to read this verse. And most everyone probably has heard the Lord's Prayer. It's, it's very popular, but I want to actually uh, rewind to the scripture before that. I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to get into this. So Matthew 6, 7 through 10 says, And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Interesting, right? So before he goes into actually teaching what to do, he tells the disciples what not to do. And I can really relate with the what not to do. I think that before you actually are filled with the Holy Spirit and you have an understanding of the kingdom of God, we can babble on a lot in prayer. And if you've ever come to Cherish Prayer, plugging Cherish Prayer Tuesdays, 7 a.m., and our men meet at 5.30 a.m. in our lobby. It's incredible, over 100 men contesting for their families, for our city, for our church, and it's really, honestly, the health of our campus is owed to those men that pray. And I'm very grateful, and I honor every man that sets their alarms no matter what their Monday has looked like and shows up because our city is being completely shifted because of that. I digress. I see this a lot and I myself was this person when I showed up to women's prayer. I've been going for eight years now and I babbled on and on and on. And Jesus is saying, don't be like the pagans and the religious people. I already know what you want and what you're going to say. That's not the point of prayer. The point of prayer is not to babble on and on about what you're seeing and what you want. That's not the point. So what is the point? This is how you pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom, not my kingdom, come. Thy will be done, not my will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. How radical is that? How completely off the radar wild is it to go outside of the, the constraint uh, of the parameters of what we think prayer should be? Jesus is introducing the God of Moses, the creator of the universe, as a father figure, as somebody who's intimate and a protector and somebody that loves and not only that, he is saying that we have the ability, and not just that, how we should be praying is to actually call down heaven to earth. So what 
you're telling me that my life is not just about getting saved and then checking the clock every few years as I near death's door so I can go to heaven? Like we actually have work to do while we're here on earth that we're supposed to not just accept Jesus as our father and have an intimate relationship with him, but we are meant to call down heaven on earth. I thought we're supposed to, you know, wait until heaven to get to the good part. But Jesus was saying that the good part starts now. And it starts through his kingdom. This is incredible, you guys. So one of Mike and I's life verses, I'll, I'll say it in a different way, um, is found in Matthew 6.33. Another very popular verse, seek first the kingdom of God. Come on. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. That is a very bold statement. That is audacious for Jesus to say. But I want to point out the seek first part has everything to do with the kingdom. Not about how good you are, not about how surrendered you are. Seeking first the kingdom. Where is your parameter for how much you seek the kingdom? Because I had such a poor understanding and my husband and I had such a poor understanding of what it looked like to seek the kingdom of God until we got planned into this church because we thought everything was performance or just do, you know, a good job, let's do our best, let's be good people, and, and then maybe God will give us stuff, maybe not, either way, we're just going to do our best and have just enough. That was our mentality. And I wonder what that verse would say if it honestly described what you seek first in terms of your relationship with God and how you view God and how you view your life. So to give you a few examples, this is embarrassing, but um, 10 years ago, that verse, if it was Katie 633, would be, Seek first living a humbled and surrendered life that I do not deserve. And if you want to just add anything, then that's amazing, God. I'll be so grateful because I am a lowly worm and I don't deserve anything. And I don't deserve to even be asking. But if, if you don't, then that's fine because then I won't be disappointed. And if you don't add on it add anything to me, then I won't actually be let down by who I think you could be, but you might not be. That's what KD633 would be. In our culture today, a lot of Christianity would probably say, seek first the love of God, and then all these feelings shall be added unto you. And all of the feelings is what should come before the kingdom. So God, I know my friend is far off from you and is making choices that are, are destroying them from the inside out, but I just want them to know that you love them. And that's what I want to seek first. I don't want to offend them. I don't want to bring truth to their lives that could transform them. I just want them to know that they are loved. And then if you choose to transform them or if you don't, I'm good with that because as long as they feel cozy feelings of acceptance, then that's what I want first for them.
what is it that you're seeking first? What is it that culture is seeking first? What is it that we see churches seeking first? Because if it's not the kingdom, then it's not the truth. And if it's not the truth, then there won't be transformation. If there's no transformation, then what's the point? of setting your alarm and getting up and getting the kids ready and try not to fight with your husband and putting on a smile and making sure you have two cups of coffee and coming in and giving your time and giving your life. So many people are missing the entire point of the good news. But I have good news about the good news this morning, church. And it is this, that Jesus is doing a new thing. He is bringing in Uh, a new way for us to hear with ears that are inclined to hear. We are seeing things that we have not been able to see. The prophetic has been on a whole new level since 2020. And yes, 2020 means clarity, but it also means that we get to see into the future of what God is doing. And we get to speak it out as it is because we are the ones that are establishing heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, we say amen. Amen. So yes, it's a very bold, audacious thing to say, If you seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things shall be added unto you. And this verse has wrecked Mike and I over and over and over throughout our marriage. And I remember specifically a time we were um, serving in young adults. Shout out to young adults. You guys are amazing. Um, This was probably like eight years ago. And I remember we were at a young adults retreat and we were going, could it really Like, are we really gonna do this? Like, are we really gonna seek first the kingdom? And and anything else has to bow to the kingdom. Anything else, any desire, any, like that is our barometer. Like, if it's not kingdom, then we're not doing it. Or at least we're planting in the ground and if God wants to make that die or grow, it's up to him. Like, are we really gonna go there like level 10? Not just a surrender life, but a kingdom life. And it changed everything for us in all the best ways. And um, even Mike and I were talking when he met me, all I wanted to do was be a wife and a mom. Literally, like from the time I was born, I started playing baby dolls. (laughs) And all I wanted to be was a wife and a mom. That was all I wanted. And I look at my life right now, And I am living a kingdom life, which means I get to be a kingdom wife. I get to be a kingdom mom. I get to raise kingdom kids. I get to be a kingdom friend. I get to be so much more than what I thought I ever could be because I've been transformed by the gospel, which is not the good news to be good. It's the good news to establish and be a part of something so significant that we get to be the ones that bring heaven to earth. In a world that is so dark and is so thirsty for healing and wholeness, we get to be the carriers of light that shuts out the darkness. No matter how dark the dark gets, guess what? One light switch puts out that darkness. It doesn't matter. And so whatever those desires of your heart are, they're put there by God. But when you bring them into alignment with the kingdom, then it gets good. And so many of us miss out on the life that God intended us to live because we, we don't understand the kingdom mentality. I didn't understand the kingdom mentality. 
And if you're stuck in your prayer life, if you're stuck in your finances, if you're stuck in your relationships, then maybe it's just some tweaking of realigning how you view those things with the principles of the kingdom. And if you get irked by the tithe message, then you probably haven't stepped into living a kingdom life. Because once you do that, it is like the best thing ever. Like Mike and I drink in every tithes and offerings message because it just emboldens the things that we know about God, that we know about the word and how it's established here in our church community and beyond. Our entire region, shout out to Pastor Marco, running for city council. We have people running in our school boards because we have people with a full understanding of kingdom and how the kingdom needs to be established. It doesn't just do it on its own. It takes believers having a full understanding of what our mandate is to seek first the kingdom and then all of it will be added unto the south region of San Diego in Jesus' name. Amen. Point number two, when we are in Christ, we are in the kingdom. So if you're, you're listening to me talk, you're like, that's great for you, but what, how, do you, how do you get from point A to point B? It is because it is how, how you do that is you just step into Christ. It literally is so simple, it's crazy, but it's profound. So I'm going to read you two scriptures and we'll unpack this. So John 18, 36, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So many people are waiting, just like the Jews were waiting for a physical warrior to come save them. I see a parallel even in our political climate right now, where as Christians, we're sitting on the sidelines waiting for a political figure to come in and rescue us. But what Jesus was saying then, and what he is still saying now, is that his kingdom starts in the supernatural, and we get to experience it first there and bring it into the natural. And it's on us when we are in Christ, we are the ones to carry the kingdom and establish heaven on earth. And all you have to do is step into Christ. Second Corinthians 2, 16 through 19 says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. It's a powerful, powerful scripture. Because what it is saying is that it literally does not matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you walked in with. What matters is you saying, I'm, I'm choosing Christ. I'm choosing salvation, yes. But I'm actually stepping in a completely new identity. And that identity is not me anymore. It's actually Jesus. So when the enemy looks at you, he sees Jesus. When you go out and you speak, when you are in Christ, you carry the authority that raised Jesus from the dead. 
And that power is harnessed when we step into Christ. Does that make sense? We're not just natural, we're not just living like in the natural. We live in those dual realms. We live in the supernatural as well. That's why miracles happen every single week during our book of miracles. That's why our kids can pray over each other and they see miracles happen. That's why we're seeing so many tangible evidences of heaven on earth because people are grasping their identity in Christ. We can't do it outside of Christ, but in Christ we can do all things and we are strengthened by it. So I want to ask you a question. What do you look like in the spiritual? When you pray, are you still wearing the spiritual rags of your past? Are you still hunkered down and, and feeling so unworthy? Or have you went to your spiritual wardrobe and pulled out the general outfit that God has given you and mandated you to wear, to where demons will flee just by you entering into a room. And it's not because of anything you did, it's because of everything that Jesus did. And he did it not just to restore us back to ground zero, he did it so that we could live a life that is filled with abundance and purpose, that we can be activated so that we can see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What position do you pray from? What position do you take care of your kids from? What position do you look into your future with? These things need to be aligned with kingdom principles because that's, and I'm telling you guys, it'll make so much sense why Jesus had to, to preach in, in um, parables and stories. And the Bible says there's mysteries attached to the kingdom because it takes a lot of brainwashing, like the good kind of brainwashing to get rid of the old mentalities, to allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds, to renew our hearts so that we can actually understand what we have access to and what God is asking us to live a life that is a kingdom life. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is true repentance. It's not hell and brimstone. Repent, turn or burn, or you're gonna you know, be in hell and it's bad. No, like repentance is the most incredibly empowering thing because it's saying that we have an ability to let God renew our minds when we turn to him. That's what repentance is, is saying yes to the new creation, yes to the new wardrobe, yes to, okay, I don't know what my future is going to look like, but I know it's going to be good if you're a part of it, God. I want my future to be drenched with your kingdom and drenched with your righteousness and your presence. And I don't know how to mother my kids, but I know that when I am in Christ, I have the wisdom and discernment from heaven. And you know my kids better than I know my kids. Or with your job or with 
job opportunities or I have no work ethic. I don't know how to get up when my alarm goes off. But you know what? In Christ, all things are possible and I will not snooze my alarm anymore in Jesus' name and I will show up to my job and I will work like I am a general that's about to be promoted and you watch and see what doors will open in the areas of your life that don't reflect authority you apply the kingdom to it and you watch and see God do what only he can do. Amen. Which leads me to my last point. Point number three, seek and establish. Seek and establish. I, I was so bored with the thought of what my life would be until I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I was activated in a way where I started hearing from God and I started understanding that life was meant to not be just watched from the sidelines. And there's some of you in here that have been viewing your Christian walk and your time on earth as purgatory. But as believers, there's no waiting. We are the activators, we are the activated. God has mandated us to seek and establish the kingdom of God through prayer, through our relationships, through how we see our future. And I, I really, I wanna poke on this because it needs to be brought down and it, it's bad theology that the cross is the finish line. Religion keeps you at the foot of the cross. But the gospel says that the cross is the doorway into the rest of your life. And it is time, church, for us to pick ourselves up from the foot of the cross after receiving complete restoration and salvation and say, yes, God, I will seek first your kingdom. I am restored. I have authority. I have purpose. You have plans for me. This isn't just about waiting until I get to heaven. I get to experience heaven here on earth. How do I do that? And it gets exciting, you guys. <laughs> it's an adventure. So I'm going to read that verse again. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. If you guys want to stand to your feet, I want to pray. Because I know that there are some of you in here that are sleepwalking through life in the spiritual. And I really... Um, I want the Holy Spirit to be able to minister to you right now. If you are bored with your life, if you are scared that God is gonna let you down and that's what's holding you back, if you have said yes to the sinner's prayer, but you haven't experienced actually living a kingdom life, if you guys could just close your eyes and bow your heads, I wanna pray over anyone in here that wants to say yes to being a part of God's kingdom, not just as a son or as a daughter, but activated in Christ to establish heaven on earth. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Thank you, sir. I see hands all over the room. Beautiful. All over the room. Let the Holy Spirit give you ears to hear right now as I pray. Let the Holy Spirit show you the life that he's about to bring you into. As you get up from the foot of the cross, as you put on the full armor of God, 
as you allow yourself to be made righteous, to be restored, to be redeemed. The Holy Spirit is here right now. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray over every hand raised. There's hands all over the room right now. You know their story. You know their fears. You know their past. You know their failures. You know their successes. And right now, under the sound of my voice, I release your power to do what only you can do. That they will be women and men of God. They're going to be warriors for you, kingdom warriors. They're going to pull heaven to earth and establish it in their marriages. I declare hope is being released all throughout this room. The hope and the courage to believe for the miraculous. The hope and the courage to believe for the thing that is the most scary to believe for. I pray right now that you would break off that spirit of failure and the spirit of shame and condemnation that keeps people stuck where they're at right now that they're being released into their futures. I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you are allowing every person in this room to step into Christ so that they can experience the kingdom. And I pray against the lies of the enemy. And I come against that ugly religious spirit that keeps people on their knees and keeps people paralyzed in fear, paralyzed in doing, 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 except instead of experiencing and seeking and establishing. And we rebuke that spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. You have no place in our homes. You have no place in our hearts. We are free indeed. We are covered by the blood of the lamb and we are activated by the power of our testimonies. Nothing from our past will keep us paralyzed, but it will only propel us into more power and more authority to do the things that you have called us to do, to establish in our homes, in our marriages, in our jobs, in our workplaces, to dream new dreams. We are a new creation. And Holy Spirit, I pray and I prophesy that as we leave today, that we would have the joy of our salvation and the courage of what it feels like to be kingdom sons and daughters. In the name of Jesus, I pray. We pray. Amen. 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 Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.